Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice Podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Multifamily by the Slice. Today, we had Jeff Davis out of Houston on the show, and I honestly don't know when this man sleeps because he's got a lot going on. He's raising for deals. He's been an LP on several deals. He's flipped properties. He's also in sales, and, and he's had to even hire a VA. So very busy guy with a lot of information and a lot of knowledge to drop. What do you think, Dre? I like this episode, bro. I like this one because we talked a lot about just raising capital, how to talk to and network with investors, how to put out great educational content for them. We talked about his experience uh, doing his GP deal, 300 unit deal in Houston. We also talked a lot about, about the LP experience in investing. And as you mentioned, the importance of having a VA, a, a virtual assistant, as well as just social media marketing and how that's played such a big impact in business as well as in the real estate sector. So without further ado, let's get into it. Now a word from our show sponsor. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? Fortune Cribs can help. Fortune Cribs helps investors buy short-term rentals and select markets across the country for as little as 10% down with no cash on cash returns in the 20 to 30% range. Fortune Cribs will design, furnish, and manage all the day-to-day operations, making your experience truly hands-off. And it doesn't matter whether you're at in your real estate investing journey, whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your portfolio, Fortune Cribs can help. So if you wanna take the next step, go to fortunecribs.com and book your free consultation to see how Fortune Cribs can best help you. Once again, that's fortunecribs.com and let them know we sent you. What's going on, folks? I'm your host here, Dre Evans. I've also got my incredible co-host here, Ike. In the house, we got another multi-family about a slice episode for you, bringing you some gems and some unique insights. But before we get into the show, I got to check on with my main man, Ike. How you doing today, bro? I'm doing good, man. This year has been going fast and furious. I I sold off a property out in Cleveland. I'm, I'm possibly going to sell another one out in Phoenix to, to raise some capital to go deep into multifamily later at the end of the year. So a lot of things cooking, man. A lot of things cooking. How are you, man? I feel that, bro, man. It's been a, a fire hose in terms of the things that have been going on. Uh, we have a new deal that's probably going to be coming on the horizon. So stay tuned for my listeners for that. It'll be a six-unit boutique hotel uh, that we'll probably be raising for soon. Also, just dropping the, the book. The That's My Property uh, book, uh, you can check it out on Amazon. All profits go to charity. It's also free on my website. Um, ended up becoming an Amazon bestseller uh, in the real estate law category. So I'm excited for that, man. Excited to add the value. And while I also have my listeners, uh, please check out the free resource that Ike and I put out on the multifamilybottasites.com website. It's the red flags on investing passively as a limited partner. So without further ado, Ike, you want to introduce our guest? I do. I do. Today we have Jeff Davis and he, unlike most other guests, when submitting their bio, 
gave me quick bullet points. And for that, Jeff, I thank you because it makes my life a lot easier. Uh, he, he did global sales for a number of years. He's been a landlord. He's flipped. He's done hard money. He's been an LP. He's now going to be a GP. This man does a lot. So I'm going to give the floor to him and allow him to give us a bit about his background and also about what he's doing today. Go for it. Yeah. So like you said, I'm, I'm global sales. Um, it's in supply chain industry, uh, logistics, uh, got into real estate in the single family space back in 2014, 15, um, just by renting out the house that we lived in when we purchased a new house. Uh, it was by design. I was not a landlord by accident. And I mean, it says one month after that, I fell in love with it and began, I, I refinanced that house and went and bought another one and just poured over books on real estate and just got into it, right? Learning about hard money loans and wholesaling. And so did as many transactions as I could over the next however long, right? Nine, nine years, I guess it's been. Um, and in 2019, started flipping a lot more, uh, doing the actual rehab work and getting some contractors and 2021 last year got very, very busy uh, between work and uh, actually having a COVID baby. My wife had a COVID baby, right? So that was an unexpected blessing of <laughs> COVID. That is baby number five. Uh, meanwhile, having like four rehab projects uh, going on at the same time, it was, it was hectic. And so one of the guys that I've done some work with, he was in multifamily. I just watched his his projects grow like by number and his business scale. And I was always starting at ground zero, right? We finish a project and then have to go find another one or we get a rental or sell it and we'd have to go find another one and negotiate with a seller and, and they get wishy-washy uh, because they're a little bit more emotional. Uh, and so... I ended up joining uh, a multifamily group that uh, Ike, you and I are a part of, and it has been, uh, I've just been drinking from a fire hose ever since. It's been fantastic. Um, so I'm a limited partner in two deals up to, to a little over 500 units, and now I'm raising capital for a 300 unit apartment complex here in Houston, uh, submitting offer for we're working on a deal for a 300 unit for me to be the lead on um, this week and another 150 unit complex that we're submitting on. So it's, it's been exciting for sure. <laughs> I'm sure. And if, if you don't know by now, audience, Jeff is a man that likes to work. I mean, he's got five kids, he's got multiple flips going on at one time, several capital raises. So I, I, I mean, we could have a whole podcast on how you manage your time. But this one's about real estate. So I'd like to ask you a question that I actually got a text about earlier today from somebody that listened to our show. You know, what are the ins and outs of capital raising? What are the strategies that you use to do it efficiently? Um, how do how do you capital raise is the question I got. So I'd like to I'd like you to answer it so I can answer it to him. Yeah. Uh, so start raising before you need money is is the. Uh is kind of the key feature there. You know, um, I think I would go to the, the Hunter Thompson school, right? He's, he's a big, uh, he's a well-known fixture in the capital raising community. Uh, and, and he, he teaches about, Hey, you want to attract 
limited partners and, and passive investors and you want to educate because at least in my immediate network, right, family and friends, there's not a lot of people who are passively investing and they don't even know what it is, you know, and, and maybe you guys had that same experience where, hey, we're getting into real estate, but none of my immediate network really does that. So a lot of it is education and it's education by email and it's education by speaking uh, about what is passive investing and what are the returns that a passive investor should expect and what are, like Dre, you were talking about your free re resource. What are the red flags that a limited partner or a passive investor should look for? And what are the, what's the due diligence that a passive investor should do when considering this type of investing? So it's, it is primarily a, a job of educating potential investors. Yeah, let's let's break this down, Jeff, because as you know, we can take this many different ways in terms of raising capital. So let's just go step one and talk about the educational component. And you mentioned, obviously, having all these free resources. So for you, what systems and processes have you put in place in order to create these resources to educate limited partner investors? Uh, it's been primarily creating a, a website that has those free resources, whether it's a, a short graphic of, hey, here's a guide, a four-step guide or an eight-step guide to identifying a, a solid investor. Um, here is a blog. You know, I've got about eight articles on my website or three articles on my website with, you know, 800 words each on what our investment criteria are an investment thesis. Hey, here's the types of properties that we are looking for. And anybody who's familiar with investing, maybe they look at our investment thesis and they think that's not what I want to do. You know, maybe, maybe somebody looks at my investment thesis and they think I don't want to do multifamily. I want to do self-storage. And so they can immediately identify that I want to go find something in self-storage. Um, so that's the resources that I'm providing. And it, it, that is constantly being increased. So I'm constantly writing those resources, right? It's always writing and I'm trying to make it something that is I can replicate and build upon, whether it's a blog or an article. Uh, and then hopefully in the future, it's an ebook. That's it's kind of the direction I'm going to go. Okay. And then once you provide a lot of this continuous knowledge and education for investors. What's your next step in the process in terms of raising capital? How do you connect with them further aside from pushing out educational content? Yeah, so it's all done via email. And then what we're trying to do is drive them to schedule a call with me so that I can understand what are your goals? You know, or is your goal, you just wanna get some extra monthly income? Or is your goal, I want to retire in five years? Is your goal trying to build up an existing retirement portfolio? What, what is the ultimate goal of why you would want to be a passive investor in a property? So they, the ultimate call to action is to schedule a phone call with me and to be on a list whereby you can see those investment opportunities when, we, when they do arise. So Jeff, you, you have an interesting perspective because as you mentioned, you've also been a limited partner before. Mm -hmm. um, and, and now you're sort of on the other side of the proverbial table, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to ask you in your days as a limited partner, what experiences did you have? What did you see that you liked and disliked 
from the people that were raising capital from you? Good question. Um, I liked, I, I liked returns, right? I mean, you could easily see, obviously I'm predisposed to real estate. Uh, and so I already get the deal. I, I've, I've had rental property and I've been a landlord. So I'm predisposed to, to being a good passive investor. And I, I don't have to be sold too hard on it. It's going to be a matter of, do I know these guys? Do I know this market? And do I know that this is going to be a business plan that works? So I can kind of do a, a next level and understanding the financing behind it. Um, some of the things that I have passed on are for those reasons, right? I, I just did not necessarily know the management group or, or, or think that they could pull it through. Uh, I look for those nice returns though, as everybody does. We all want the home run. <laughs> we, we all want to be one and done and not have to do anything anymore. I hear you. I hear you. Nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I was, speaking of, speaking of, you know, you have several deals going on that you're raising for. You, you've got some stuff going on um, in your personal life with, with several children and, and, other, and other business endeavors. And prior to pressing the record button, we discussed at least briefly the concept of VAs and how they can help you with your business and how, you know, they can be a fantastic resource to take some of those more monotonous, more mundane things off your table. So mm -hmm. can you, you know, tell us a little bit about the experience with your VA, how you recruited them, how you trained them and how you ultimately got them to work uh, in your favor? Yeah. So I've had, this is my, my best VA that I've had. I've had less productive ones. So I will focus on the good. Um, this one, do I give the website? Uh, but it came, sure. she's in the Philippines. So online.jobs of Philippines. And what I did was I put out some, some job description. And when I started getting the applications, I ended up interviewing probably 30 to 40 applicants and, and telling them, this is my personality. You know, yes, you've got some identified tasks on a daily basis and weekly and goals on a monthly basis, but I am ultimately a salesperson and I'm not organized I have a lot of things going on. How are you going to handle this? And so the one that I, I chose actually came out with a game plan. And she, she, she told me, she said, this is what you need. And she had a social media background and she was able to identify um, how she would structure my business. And she did that on the fly. So what she's doing for me is creating a social media calendar uh, whereby she's going to promote my business. I don't do that very well. I'm a self-promoter, but she's going to put me out into the, the atmosphere where everybody, and I attract a lot more people from social media because uh, I don't do that. Yeah, so that's what I, she's doing. She's building the graphics. She's connecting everybody on LinkedIn and she's scheduling the calls. She's scheduling speaking engagements for me. She's actually scheduling podcast interviews for me. So she's doing all of that. She's a true executive assistant. It's amazing what a, a VA can do, or even from a marketing standpoint. Um, and I can speak to that personally too, as well, Jeff. I, I started off with uh, another company and they did okay. They did average in terms of trying to revamp all my socials, my LinkedIn, my Facebook, my Instagram. But then I switched to 
another company now, uh, Social Girl Marketing, uh, shout out to Alicia and her company. And they've totally revamped all my pages and just put out A plus content for real estate wise. I just send them a list of things that I want. I'll continuously send them ideas and articles and they'll, they'll chop stuff, stuff, chop stuff up. I'll send them videos of interviews I've done or photos and they just able to push that content out and marketing and marketing is such an important concept today. Um, not only in business, but especially in the real estate space. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's no longer something that you can shy away from. And I was the same way for, for you, Jeff, I was pretty old school, um, even though I'm a young guy and I really didn't care much for, social media or trying to just put anything out there. It was kind of hard when Ike and I first started the podcast because we were just doing the best we could just with ourselves. But again, that was, that was way out of the norm for me because I'm, I'm not used to doing that. And you really do have to have a skill and an eye for what's trending, how to hashtag stuff, creating the graphics alone takes time. Like it's, 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 uh, it's not so, um, I, I definitely resonate with you and for our listeners out there, whether you're in the real estate space or even in the business sense, uh, having a VA or having someone that hire a company that specializes in marketing is, is absolutely key and is a game changer. I mean, you know, for, for my VA, she is, she's got a college degree in social media and, and social media marketing. So, so what I would convey is like, as, as somebody, I didn't grow up with social media and I check it every now and then. She's she's light years ahead of me. Like this is her wheelhouse is what, so I'm, I'm her value is that I'm giving her an opportunity to work in the field that she wanted to work and went to college for. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's fantastic. And I'm looking forward to when she launches and starts doing the things that she went to school to, to do. And luckily yeah. it's with my company. <laughs> <laughs> And now a word from our show sponsor. Let me let you in on the best kept secret when it comes to investing in single or multifamily flips. Hire an interior designer. Now stay with me. We're not talking about curtains and throw pillows here. We're talking about elevating your design, reconfiguring your floor plans, and developing functional spaces, all to maximize your ROI. Melanie Renee Designs has over 12 years of experience designing in the San Diego real estate market and is ready to help you increase your profits on flips, buy and holds or short-term vacation rentals reach out to melanie herself at mel h at gmail.com that's m-e-l-r-e-n-e-h at gmail.com and make sure to tell her that we sent you dre i know you want to move to the next uh segment but just to put a quick bow on it there, there's a book out there called uh who not how which discusses you know this very topic where you have in the background there <laughs> I haven't read it yet, but I know the premise. Yeah, it, it just discusses the very topic of, you know, especially in entrepreneurship, especially in real estate, when you have massive projects that you're working on with several tasks within them, instead of trying to find out how you yourself can do them all, you have to find out who you can delegate them out to do them to, to do the, uh, to do the tasks. And that's right. the, the most efficient and the best way to grow a business because you get experts on your team that you can manage and, and you know, help them grow as they help you and your business grow. So it's, it's, it's a concept that I think that we all agree on that it's, it's pretty much important. You have to, you have to do it to, to work in this industry or pretty much any industry. Yeah. Uh, Bro, love how you put the, use the word, putting the bow at the end of it. That's pretty, (laughs) (laughs) you always, you always make me smile by the way you you wrap things up, but yeah, we're going to move on to the, the second part of the show. This is the legacy round, Jeff. 
So it's an open forum on your favorite acquisition that forever changed the trajectory of your business, practical tips on how to grow your portfolio or how to build your investor network. Now, before the call, obviously we spoke a little bit and even in the bio, you mentioned the 300 unit GP deal you're working on. So that might be kind of cool if I can hint, hint, edge you a certain way to maybe discuss that, that GP opportunity. Yeah, so I guess I'll go with that one. Uh, and I'll start with kind of going back to your who, not how, like understanding our strengths. And, and that is a deal that came about from what my strengths are, right? Is, is I, I'm good at calling people and talking and uh, just um, bothering them until they give me what I'm asking for, because uh, I'm a salesperson. And so uh, I identified who some of the big operators are here in Houston. And so the, these are guys who are acquiring deals and they're active in the market. And so I just was calling a guy and I said, hey, man, I know you're, you're, you're getting deals done. What can I do to, to put my hand on the tackle and, and, and be a co-GP with you? And, and so it was, you know, he came in with an off-market deal and said, this is your shot and you get to raise some capital. And uh, luckily I'd already been starting, right? I'd already started that process about two months prior. And, and so I threw my hat in the ring and, and let's do this. So uh, it was 300 units, 118,000 adored, $34 million acquisition with $3 million rehab budget. It's a big one, um, especially for your first capital raise. It's a big daddy. Um, <laughs> But it's, uh, I will tell you, man, it is, it is a nail biter. It is a nail biter when you're, when you're actually in it and, and you're um, following the process. And so it's weird how things are just starting to happen. And I can see the, the finish line is April 29th. And uh, you talk about the, the life changer, like that'll be a big, that'll be a big deal for me, right? To have a seat at the table on that opportunity. And um, it cash flows from day one and it's a three-year exit. Yes, sir. Um, so I'd have that one. And then the LP deals I'm in exit in three years from last year, uh, one exits in five years. And then if I get these, if I just get one more acquisition this year, I mean, these are massive, massive opportunities um, that, but I think this one's a, this one's big because it's something I've never, ever done before. I've never done it. I've never raised capital. It's easy, you know, it's easy to be a passive investor, you're writing a check, but going out and raising some money and uh, it's a different, different ball game. Um, and how has that been for you so far? How much have you raised? Uh, I have been up to a million and down to 500,000. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the capital raisers roller coaster right there. It is the capital raisers <laughs> roller coaster. That's a valid. That is that is up, man. Because I, I was up over a million, feeling very confident, um, and then they, like they just fall off. And then I, right before we started, one of the guys is kind of back in, and so he's on the fence between this and another investment, and so it's uh, you know, we're, we're gonna. I'm curious to know how that conversation is when you speak to those investors and they're comparing two different syndications, because I've definitely had that happen to me quite a few times. Yeah. What's that conversation like for you, at least? You know, I'm trying to be real cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's like, 
what? There's another guy? (laughs) (laughs) Story of my life. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you know, everybody's got their investing criteria and these, you know, if they're looking at another syndication, you know, that's somebody you want to keep in your, keep in your uh, portfolio because there's somebody who's intelligent and they're looking at the right things. It's not an emotional deal for them. And there's going to be other ones that I can bring to the table later on. So um, I'm definitely okay with that, but I am, it is kind of hair raising. I feel yeah. good. I feel good at this point. Yeah. It's always a, uh, I don't want to use the word awkward, but interesting conversation when someone tells you, yeah, I'm looking at another deal, but especially when you know them. Um, <laughs> and I've had that happen to me a few times, but I think for me, I just try to educate investors on, you know, you talked about your goals, right? And when you have calls with investors and you, and you really want to look at, find out their why and their motivations for investing, because that dictates a lot of where they should lean towards or where they should go. Because as you know, some syndication models can be different. One might be multifamily, one might be self-storage, but even if you're talking about two different multifamily, one might be class A, one might be development, one might be value add. And then I I guess, hell, if we're comparing two different value adds, that's even harder, right? So how do we, how does an investor decide between one value add to the next? For me, when I've had those, I had this a lot, it's funny on my last raise, I had like three, four people that were that were comparing two different multifamilies to uh, to mine. And the way I broke it down to them is not putting the other GPs down, the other sponsorship team down, of course, but educating them in the sense of, okay, don't you can't compare IRR to IRR or pref to pref or equity multiple to equity multiple. And that was a common theme and metrics that I saw. People were looking directly at the numbers. And, and so for my listeners out there, I say that because I, Jeff, myself, you know, underwriting in general is, is about being conservative um, and, and being safe, but we can all go on a spreadsheet and as you know, and change the numbers and be like, I have the higher IRR or I have the highest equity multiple, whatever it may be. So I, I really try to educate the investors in that sense is that any of us can change that number. Would at that point, what you really want to focus on is the game plan, uh, the business plan of the deal itself, the sponsorships team, you know, their experience, um, the location. You know what I mean? The economic metrics surrounding the, the the deal itself, where the property is located. Those are the types of things I try to steer them towards to analyze and look at in terms of making their decision instead of looking directly at comparing. You know. IRR numbers and just actual numbers because anybody can manipulate and change those things. Yeah. And, and another, another uh, point to think about is the fact that, you know, people ultimately end up investing with who they know, like, and trust. We've all heard that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the way to establish that trust uh, relationship with your potential LP is what Jeff outlined before. You don't start raising, you know, the day you have your, your OM and your underwriting complete. You're talking to LPs throughout the year, even when you don't have deals, educating people about multifamily, letting them know that you know what you're talking about, that you have a team in place so that when it does come to deal A or deal B and and your deal is deal A, they go with you because they trust that you know what you're doing and you're going to be a great steward of their money. So creating that relationship beforehand, before that decision is made, 
is extremely important to making sure that they ultimately go with your deal. I love that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And a lot of it is just conveying through various means of media as well. Like we do know or what we're doing and we are underwriting conservatively and um, you know, we're the experts on this, right? We're constantly absorbing information and educating ourselves on what's the market doing. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the last segment of the show. This is the Giordano round. As you know, this is the multifamily by the slice podcast, which stems from Chicago pizza. Giordano is being one of the number one pizza spots there. And it's known for its deep dish pizza, big slice, big slices of meaty juiciness and goodness and that you gain a lot from it in every bite. And so these are going to be a series of questions that I can are going to go back and forth and ask you, Jeff, and each one will be full of knowledge. So the first one, you're on the top of the highest mountain in the world and you have your last words that you can shout out so that people can remember you by. What would you scream out to the world and want them to remember you by, Jeff? Is it one word? It could be a phrase. It could be a word. Uh, Jesus saves. All right. All right. On to the next one. If there was one slice of wisdom you wish you knew when you got started or advice you could pass on to others, what would it be? Um, I would I would say, and I have said this, don't believe that you need to start in single family. There's nothing wrong with going starting in multifamily. Vocab, what are your favorite or three most critical real estate terms multifamily investors should know and why? Uh, three most critical terms, uh, interest only, interest only bridge, <laughs> um, NOI, and mm, what would be a, a third critical term? Off market. That is a good term. I like those. It. Yeah. Why those three? Well, the interest only bridge is is a uh, makes deals can make or break a deal. Depends on your exit right now, right? It's it's hey, how are they underwriting it on the exit? Mm-hmm. Off market makes is where those uh, where these large and, and I guess medium sized deals are found. And are you getting in with the broker and, and getting an off market deal, or are these listed? because it's a better price and net operating income. What is that net operating income? Can you raise it? Can you raise it in in five years, seven years? Is it all, or is it at maximum capacity? Well said, well said. All right. On to the last one. And we we already mentioned a few, but if you can give a few more, that'd be fantastic. Education is critical in this business. What books, apps, or mastermind groups would you recommend listeners immerse themselves in? Um, you know, I'm not a part of it, but I know that the MIH mastermind group is, is very, very active. Uh, but Jake and Gino, I mean, I love the Jake and Gino community. Um, I have not read a bad multifamily book. Um, you know, there's, there's the big profits and small mass, uh, multifamily real estate raw by Bill Ham, who is my coach. Um, and he's, he's a big fixture in the Jake and Gino because he is the, if he approves a deal, then it is, you know, it's a good deal. So those are two books that I like. Uh, and there's one that is on my list and I don't remember the exact Ryan Johnson told me about it, but it's passive thinking passive, or it is specifically designed. It's specifically written for passive investors. Um, 
I'll have to text you what it is. I think it might, it might be a uh, passive investing made simple. Passive investing made simple. That's what go. it is. Cause I want to read that and, and give it as a resource to, uh, to some of my LPs and I might do it as a gift as well to my LPs. All right, Jeff. Well, we, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for your time. For my listeners, I'm your host, Deep Dish Dre. You got incredible Ike here, multi-feeling about a slice podcast. Thank you all for tuning in for another great episode. Please leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. That also allows us to add value to others and grow the show. Check us out at www.multifamilybytheslice.com. And again, Ike and I created a free resource for you all. It's the Limited Partner Red Flags Checklist. Check it out. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest. See you next week.